Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be with all of our listeners again today. We're thankful to hear from so many of our listeners in one way or another. Many in the Omaha area have come to visit with us and check us out in person. and We encourage you to do that. Our, our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street in Omaha. 3606 North 108th Street in Omaha. You can be with us every Sunday morning at 9.30 for Bible class, 10.30 for worship. Sunday, I'm sorry, Wednesday evening at 6, 6.30 for Wednesday evening Bible classes. And we encourage you to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Scroll down the home page to our podcast button. Click on that. It'll take you about one minute to sign up for our podcasting. Now, that is free. It always will be free. I emphasize that regularly. It always will be free. When you sign up for our podcasting, all, all of these radio programs will automatically go to your smart device, whichever one you choose, your smartphone, your computer, laptop, pad, tablet, whatever one you choose. It'll be automatic. And again, it will always be free. But you receive a whole lot more Bible study materials. All of our sermons, our Sunday morning and Wednesday night Bible classes, and a great daily Bible study that we call today's Bible class. Seven days a week, about 12 or 13 minutes each day, getting us into God's Word and helping keep us focused on our spiritual lives and on our relationship with God. And of course, we keep emphasizing, the more you are in God's Word, the stronger your faith should be, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. So we encourage you to take advantage of this resource material, these continued study uh, podcasts, and again, you can listen to them at your convenience. But there's a whole lot more on our website. There are all kinds of script uh, of uh, scripture-related, spiritually-related articles that are there, and also hundreds of sermons that are posted. Uh, there are back radio programs going back in our archives. And so again, you have a whole lot of study materials there at your resource, just if you'll use that website. And again, it's free, and it always will be free. We're going to get back into our study today. In fact, we're going to bring this particular line of study to a close, talking about the eternal disaster of almost. Almost. Well, We've looked at the classic text in Acts chapter 26, verses 24 through 29, where the Apostle Paul was basically on trial for simply preaching the gospel, leading people to Christ. And as he presented his case before the, the Roman governor, Festus, and the Jewish king, Agrippa, and his wife, he simply preached the gospel. And when he came to the point where he talked about Jesus arising from the dead, the Roman governor, Festus, he spoke out loudly and accused Paul of being mad, that he is crazy or insane or out of his mind. He said, your much learning is driving you mad. Well, Paul did not get all upset, or at least that's not what the scripture text indicates, but rather it indicates that he in a rather calm and focused way, 
simply told Festus, no, I'm not mad. I'm simply speaking words of, of reason, words of reason. And then he said, or he suggested, ask the king over here. He knows about these things. These things have not been done in private or in secret. Jesus came into this world as the Savior. He taught the gospel openly. The king knows about these things. Ask him. Well, then he turned to King Agrippa directly and personally. And he said, King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? And of course, Paul was talking about the prophets particularly that had prophesied about the coming Savior. Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah. And then as, as Agrippa had not responded, then Paul spoke for him. Still, I'm sure, looking and staring directly at King Agrippa, perhaps locking his eyes on Agrippa's eyes. And Paul said, I know that you do believe. Then Agrippa did respond He said, in a short time, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. But Paul responded to that. And he said, my desire is that you and everybody else here at this place at this time would become both almost and altogether such as I am. In other words, become a Christian. Well, Sadly, there is no scripture record that Agrippa ever came the rest of the way and became a Christian, but rather that whatever he meant by that statement, he remained just almost persuaded to be a Christian, to become a Christian, to come to Jesus Christ for forgiveness and salvation, being baptized into him for the remission of his sins and being born again in Christ. We see no scripture record that he ever made up his mind to do that. How sad that is. We ask the question then, what could keep a person? Oh, maybe it was Agrippa. But I think we need to expand the, the analysis to people of all times, people in our day and age right now, people alive right now. What, what could it be that would keep someone remaining just almost persuaded to come to Jesus. Well, we talked about pride. Maybe it's pride. Now we're talking about ungodly pride. Remember that John chapter 12 verses 42 and 43 talked about how many of the Jewish Jewish rulers believed in Jesus, but they would not confess him openly because they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Well, pride goes before a fall, the scriptures tell us. And when you think about those seven things that are described as an abomination to God, oh, a proud look, I believe you'll find in that list. But also, James 4 and verse 6, 1 Peter 5 and verse 5, the scripture tells us God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Ultimately, if we want to walk with Christ, if we want to be in heaven with God, we need to humble ourselves to be obedient to his teachings communicated to us in his word. Well, we also talked about how there are many people who simply do not want to give up sin in their life. They 
get some kind of temporary pleasure from being involved in various sinful activities. They don't want to give that up. They want to keep on sinning. (laughs) They probably would not put it that way, but that is the essence of it, the reality of the matter. They don't want to become a Christian because they know they would have to give up some sinful actions, activities, pursuits in which they are engaged, and they take some pleasure in those, and so that they don't want to give those up. So they're caught up in sin. Well, the wages of sin is death, Romans 6 and verse 23. We looked at the rather detailed text in James chapter 1, verses 12 through 15, where it talks about how we are tempted when we are when, when our desires entice us, and then when desire becomes full-grown, when it develops fully, it leads us into sin, and sin brings forth death. We're talking about eternal spiritual death, cut off from God, kept out of heaven, in the eternal condemnation and punishments and torments of hell. Well, we also noted that some people they don't even become almost persuaded to to become a Christian because God is not even in their head, not even in their mind, not even in their thinking. That God, no, they don't want to even think about God because that would cause them inconvenience. It would be annoying for them to have to think about God much because that could stimulate their conscience. And they don't want that. Again, it's annoying. So they just put God out of their mind altogether. They don't want to hear any talk about God. They don't want to hear any talk about Jesus as their Savior. They don't want to hear anything about how they need to repent of their sins and come to God through Jesus Christ for forgiveness. They don't want to hear the Bible you know, uh, uh, explained to them. In fact, they, in many cases, would just shut a person down who attempted to talk to them about any of those matters. God's not in their head. Well, Ezekiel wrote for us, and of course these are God's words, in Ezekiel 18, verses 31 and 32, where God calls us to repent, to get a new heart, a new spirit, because God does not take pleasure in the death of the wicked. He wants us to repent and turn to him. And Peter, the apostle, wrote in 2 Peter 3 and verse 9, that God is not willing that any should repent, but that all should come to repentance. Uh, That God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God wants us to be with him forever in heaven, but he's not going to make us be there with him. He's not going to make us walk with him in faithful obedience. He's not going to make us repent of our sins and start to live the righteous Christian life. We have to make that choice ourselves. He created us in his image with a soul, Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, but he created us also with free will. He wants us to follow him by our choice, but he does warn us what the consequences will be when his, his son, Jesus Christ, comes in the final day of judgment and we have to stand before him and give account of how we have lived our lives in this world, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10. Well, let's look at a couple more reasons why some people remain only almost persuaded to become a Christian. Fear. Fear that 
I cannot live the faithful Christian life. I'm just afraid I can't do it. In Romans chapter 7, verses 22 and 23, the Apostle Paul has been talking about in this immediate context of Scripture how he, even he, not only a Christian, but a gospel preacher, and a divinely inspired, divinely called apostle of Jesus Christ, how even he continually fought that inward struggle, that battle against sin. He talked about, when you begin reading with verse 13 and read through the context more fully, he talks about how he does things that he does not want to do. And he does not do things that he wants to do. And he identifies that he struggles with sin, even within his own life. Now, in verse 23, or rather verse 22, notice what he says. For I delight in the law of God, according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Oh, it was a struggle for Paul, but it's a struggle for every one of us. He was not speaking to anything unique that was only experienced by himself. We all go through that. The devil knows our individual weaknesses against sin, and he hits us with temptations in regard to those weaknesses. He knows where we're most susceptible most vulnerable to, to sin. And so those are the areas where he really hammers us with temptations. Paul went through that. You go through that. I go through that. All of us go through that. Paul says, you know, I just struggle. But again, we all struggle. But Paul maintained his basic faithfulness and dedication and commitment and obedience to God through Jesus Christ. In verse 24, he says, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from the body of this death? Well, he gave the answer in the next verse. I thank God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Did Paul give in sometimes? Did he stumble sometimes and commit a sin? Sure he did. He's human. But could he face life? Could he face those temptations? Recognizing that when he did stumble, when he did give in, that he could get back up on his feet, spiritually speaking, pray to God for forgiveness, and then accept the forgiveness that God would extend to him through Jesus Christ? Oh, absolutely. In fact, in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13, he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that's basically a parallel statement of confidence that he expressed in verse 25 of Romans chapter 7. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. What was his question in the verse before that? Who will deliver me from this body of death? Oh, I thank God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, he says, I know how to be up. I know how to be down. I know how to be 
Full, I know how to be hungry. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Verse 13. But a lot of people fear. I can't do it. I'm just, I'm just afraid. I can't stay faithful. I can't live the Christian life. Well, again, the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13 that no temptation has overcome you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Now that is a promise and assurance from God that he will always be there with you as long as you walk with him. He'll always be there for you. He'll never let the devil overwhelm you with some unbearable, unbeatable temptation that you cannot overcome with God's help. He will always make the way for you to say no. He'll always be there to give you the victory. You need to have confidence in that promise. In, in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, 2 Timothy 1 and verse 7, the Apostle Paul said this about fear. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, are there going to be challenges in our life? Absolutely. Is the devil going to throw temptations at us that are pretty powerful temptations? No question about it. But do we need to fear? Do we need to fear that I can't do it, I can't live the life? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. What a great encouragement the Apostle Paul wrote for us there. Now, John the Apostle wrote along this line. He said in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4, You are of God, little children, and, and have overcome them, because he who is in you, now, that's God or Christ in you, both God and Christ. If you're living the Christian life, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. God is greater than the devil, and God can and will give you the victory if you'll just stay true to him. In fact, Peter wrote in 2 Peter 2 and verse 9 that God knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust unto judgment. So God knows how to deliver you from all the temptations the devil might throw at you. So you don't need to fear. You don't need to let fear keep you from becoming altogether persuaded to become a Christian. Fear is what the devil's going to try to use against you to keep you just almost persuaded. You don't need to fear. Well, here's one more we're going to look at. One more reason why a lot of people only remain almost persuaded to become a Christian. And that's, they say, I, I, I'm too busy right now. I, I just don't have time to become a Christian right now. Well, you know, Jesus talked about people like that in Luke chapter 14, beginning with verse 18. He said, these folks who were called to the these folks who were called and said, come, for all things are now ready, called to a supper they had been pre-invited to. And, of course, 
the ultimate application to us is we're called to heaven. The scriptures invite us to a home there for all of eternity. But he said those who were invited, they began to make excuses. Verse 18 of Luke chapter 14, they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I am going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So he wanted to be excused. Too busy? A lot of people have expressed, yeah, I I know I need to become a Christian. I, I know I need to get my life straight. I know I need to change. I need to repent. I need to be baptized for the remission of my sins. I I know, and and I'm going to do that one day. I've got to get some things taken care of first. Too busy? Well, in Romans chapter 14, beginning with verse 11, we read about a moment in time at which nobody will be too busy to show up. It is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, each of us, every one of us, in other words, you, me, everyone else who is alive at that time, or alive now, or who has ever been alive, or whoever will be alive, until that final day of judgment comes, every one of us, Each of us shall give account of himself to God. And you know what? You won't be too busy to be there that day. Nobody will be too busy to be there that day. Everybody will be on the scene. Nobody can claim, I don't have time right now. I got to get some things straightened out. The time to get the things straightened out your life straightened out, will be passed. It's interesting. We see two perspectives of eternity in Revelation chapter 21. One is the blessedness of being in heaven. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, no former, for the former things have passed away. Oh, that's for those who have become Christians, who have stayed faithful, eternal life, and all the blessings that go therewith. But then in verse 8, the other perspective, the opposite. The cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. In other words, hell. Two different realities. The one for those who became altogether persuaded to become a Christian. The other for those who just remained almost persuaded. How sad on that final day of judgment to only be able to look in through the pearly gates. To only be able to gaze upon the golden streets of heaven, but never be able to walk upon those streets because you just were almost persuaded to become a Christian. Remember the man who died in the Mojave Desert 
almost at Saratoga Springs in safety, just a half mile away, but he died before he got there. The young man who came back from World War II, all the way back to the United States, survived four years of horrific war, and then died in a plane crash a little bit before he got all the way back home. Almost made it, but he died before he got there. Are you ready to make up your mind? Contact us through our website, churchofchrist.com, or call us, 402-498-8397. 402-498-8397. We'd love to study with you and help you make up your mind and become a Christian. Let's pray. Father in heaven, please guide us to come to you in obedience, to stop being just almost persuaded, and to become altogether persuaded and make up our mind to obey you. We pray this, Father. Please forgive us and hear our prayer, gracious Father. Christ's name, amen.